Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My name is David Harry Stewart. Welcome to the Aegis Podcast Show. At Aegis, we're interested in people who are living in this new, vital, vivid, forward-looking way. They're, they're healthy. They're looking ahead. They're optimistic. They have a, an openness about life. These are, these are our people, and these are who the sort of people that we feature on the show every week, and the same kind of people that we feature on our site, in our newsletter, in our magazine every week. So welcome here. It's great to have you with us. I want to say it's, um, it's been a really weird week. Um, you know, uh, we're just kind of muddling through here. It's uh, confusing, to say the least. You know, outside... We're in a pandemic. What can I say? It's my first pandemic. It's really weird. And, you know, luckily um, for me, we're, we're super fortunate. I, I, my best friend lives in Park City, Utah, and he hooked us up with a little place here where we're going we're gonna to be hiding out probably um, June, maybe the end of June. And I feel very fortunate about that. But I, I also feel guilty about that. Like, um, you know, did I, did I abandon the people who live in my building? I I don't know. Um, you know, and what's, what, what's our role here? Um, you know, what are, we, what are we supposed to be putting out there into the world? It's, I'm not quite sure. Um, it's, um, it's messy outside, and it's a little messy in here, too. You know, should, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people that's going to say, like, hey, it's all going to be great. It's all going to turn out fine. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I hope so. I really do. Um, I hope this is over soon, and I hope we're better for it. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, and on the other side, I don't know. You know, I'm out here. It's really pretty. We're staying at an essentially an abandoned ski resort. Um, social distancing isn't a problem because there's nobody here. <laughs> Moose and rabbits. Um, and, you know, when I see one of those little creatures or I, I see the snow, I think, wow, this is really great. I feel great. And then I feel guilty for feeling great. And then... You know, I'll go inside and I'll look at the news or turn on the TV and, oh, my God. So um, it's messy. Um, but, you know, on, on to other better subjects here. What we're here um, today to talk, to, uh, to talk about is uh, Peter Totten, um, who's really quite an incredible guy. 58 years old, he was named uh, Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young in 2010, and that was because he, he's, he's been in the fitness industry for a long time, like 30 years. And he started very young, and we're going to ask him about that. And he, he started this company called Snap Fitness, and he built that out to 2,500 locations. And he went on to become the CEO of Lift Brands with a number of other fitness brands associated with that. And then he pulled back from that. He sold that company, made a couple of bucks. Uh, and now he's looking for, like, what's next? What's the next move? Like, where do you go after you do something like that? That's got to be really disorienting. Uh, but it seems as though he's, you know, he's looking for something new to do. So what's the next moment um, for, for someone like that? And um, he seems like a super nice guy. He's really open. 
um, which is unlike a lot of other people in that position. Um, so I'm really looking forward to speaking to him and and finding out like where where is he going? I also want to find out about his fitness stuff. Like what's he eating? What's he doing? Right? Um, he's probably knows more about that stuff than most anybody on the planet. And you know, here at Aegist, we really like fitness because we feel it's a big part of health and wellness. And if you don't have that, um, it's it, other things are hard to do. So let's give Peter a call. I, I think he's in Miami today. Hey, Peter, how are you today? David, I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Well, I'm all right, man. You know, a little bit of self-quarantine here. How about yourself? I, the same. It's Rosie and I, who is my five-pound chihuahua. It's her and I. Oh, and we, yeah. And, and we've been locked on lockdown here for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's pretty isolated. Oh, I had a, I, I just lost my chihuahua. She was 16 and a half. Oh, wow. Best dog I ever had. Oh. Yeah, Rosie's, Rosie's 12, and I have to say, she's five pounds of thunder. She's just yeah, she's right. still really rambunctious. She's just a, <laughs> she's a lover. She's not a, not a biter at all, which is cool. You know, some of them can get kind of nippy, but not her. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's yeah. good, man. Yes. So, um, How was yours? Was she a biter? Uh, she wasn't a uh, – she was a biter. If you were the cable guy and you came into <laughs> our unit and you moved too quickly towards my wife – yeah. It was like eight pounds of fury were coming at your ankles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's super protective of my wife. Oh, uh, that's funny. I love so, it. Yeah. So, um, man, you are like the total fitness professional, right? So when, when did you start in the fitness business? Well, you know, what? from the business side of it, I started when I was 22. But I, I started playing racquetball, of all things, when I was 13. So that was – had I known – I had no idea at that time where it was going to take me, the journey I was going to take at 13. But um, racquetball was a, was a sport that came easy for me. You know how you kind of pick up a sport and it comes natural for you? So yep. for, for me, that happened. And um, I, I ended up being a, a touring pro for 12 years. And, and uh, it opened up a lot of doors for me. Wow, right on. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's I was a sponsored player for Ectalon. And uh, and I uh, had the opportunity to travel around a lot and play and open up courts and, and uh, clubs. It was, it was fun. I loved it. Great yeah. experience. That sounds great. Good for you, man. Well, so yeah. then, you, you know, I'm looking at, their, I'm looking at your site here at, at Lift Brands, and I'm looking at, like, so you got Snap Fitness, you got Nine Round Kickboxing, you got Yoga Fit, you got Steel Fitness, you got Fitness on Demand. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we, we do. You know what? It's, um, I, I started with Snap Fitness, and... And really, just, just backing up a little bit, when I was 22 years old, I had an opportunity to turn around a failing gym. And, and it was a club that had been failing for years. It was a club that I had played at as a kid. So I was very familiar with the business. And um, I had an opportunity to turn around. The owners at the time, they said, hey, Peter, we'll pay you $16,000 a year. But if you can turn this thing around, we'll let you buy us out with the profits. Because these guys were feeding this thing about 200 grand a year. There's five owners. So they were having a steady diet of kicking in 40000 a year, been doing it for years, so they were tired of it. So that was my opportunity. That was my window. I was able to turn it around, and I did that for 20 years, um, running that club. And as soon as I got the debt paid down, I, I'd leverage that and build another club. I did that seven times. And then I sold it, and, um, and that's when I, I started thinking about Snap Fitness, and, which was my first brand ever. And... Uh, what happened is one of my former employees came to me and he said, Hey, Peter, you know, it's so much, the culture is so much different without you here. 
would you ever consider building another club? And I said no to him probably six times. And then I started thinking about, you know what, what if I didn't build these big clubs? What if I eliminated the swimming pool and the racquetball courts and the aerobic studio? So what I ended up doing was building this club that was three to 5,000 square feet. It was one twentieth of the cost. Instead of having 50 employees, I had two. And um, I, so I, I built a club and to my surprise, uh, I, I sold enough memberships in 90 days to cash flow it for the year. Um, and uh, so being, being pleasantly surprised, I, I, I said to my, my, my employee, hey, look, I'm going to build another one for you. So I built a second one in a mid-sized market. And that club performed the same way. 90 days, sold enough members to cash flow it for the year. And then the third one, I still was not thinking franchising yet. Still was not thinking it. And then I built one in a small town of 3,500 people. And I thought, this thing is not going to work in this small town, but I had to know how small, small could be. Right. Same thing. The unit level economics were all in, they, they all fell in line. And it was at that time when I knew that it didn't matter if I was in a small town, a mid-sized market or an urban community, I knew that my product was scalable. I knew that it, it worked in any business environment. So it was at that time that I knew I had a tiger by the tail and I knew it was my opportunity to grab and, uh, and I did. I did. I didn't look back. I, I was all in. I funded 100% of it. I owned 100% of the company. I took 100% of the risk, and uh, which is something I was not adverse to. I, I took my first risk when I was 22 years old, making 16,000 a year. So I was not risk adverse. And you know, I always say, if you're, you know, what if, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And uh, so for me, I, I, you know, it just it happened to work out for me. You're not failing. You're not trying hard enough. True, right? It's like absolutely. Up, it's like stepping up to the plate, and with a bat in your hand, with no intention of taking a cut. I uh, I look at it like I like to lift weights. So yeah. uh, uh, my whole um, the way I think is all about weightlifting. So it's like, <laughs> you know, if uh, you keep doing it until you can't pick it up, right? Yeah, go to failure. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, go to failure. It's pretty easy. That's a that's a that's a great discipline. Go to failure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I, all right. So let's talk about it. So I just saw you just swallowed some stuff and you, what was in that it, green stuff? What was that in that glass? So this is my, I, I drink this every day. What so is this is, uh, it's fresh squeezed juices. Okay. So this one has got celery and ginger, some lemon, ton of spinach, some blueberries. And then I put in some powders. I put some co collagen in there and some, uh, uh, just a scoop of protein powder, organic plant-based protein powder. So I have one of these a day and then a little apple cider vinegar just to, just to make it taste terrible. Right. Cause but it's, it's good. It's good, you know, to have a little apple cider vinegar every day. So I put it Is in it, my wait, smoothie. I, so I want to know about that. I, I don't know anybody who drinks apple cider vinegar. What's up with that? Yeah. So apple cider vinegar, what it does, it's, if you feel like you ever have any bloating, right. If you feel I have any bloating, it's great for your gut. It's great for your, the pH in your body, keeping, keeping the, just your pH and alkalinity in balance. So it's good for you, but honestly, for me, it it uh, it just keeps me it keeps me really lean and and really um, uh, no bloating at all. It just it, it it makes a world of difference. Now you've got to do the other things with it. You've got to exercise like you do. I would imagine that that you eat fairly clean as well by looking at you, right? So it's uh, so you're doing all the right things, but to me, it's like maximizing the opportunity in front of you. So. You, you should start doing it. I, you know, 
That's so funny. So this morning, apple cider, apple cider vinegar with mother. Okay. Meaning it's not filtered. Okay. Apple okay. cider vinegar with, with mother and don't, you know, it's, it's literally like, uh, you know, maybe an ounce in it. So it's not, you're not putting in like six, like a half a cup. All right. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I've like, I ran away from home, uh, yeah. in Los Angeles where I live and I'm, and I'm in park city, Utah here Yeah. and I'm at, I'm at 8,000 feet. Yeah. And so what happens, what happens to me when I like get over about 5,000 feet, I get, I get kind of bloated. And it's yeah. like, it's so interesting that you say that. So the first thing this morning, what I did was I Googled like, you know, like what's up with the altitude and the bloat. And so just like certain things I, I eat a lot of, uh, I eat a lot of certain kinds of vegetables that'll cause that, but I hadn't heard about the vinegar. That's great. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to want, you know, in the, 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 the vegetables too, like broccoli for me, broccoli, broccoli for me bloats me. Right. You know, if for me, I, I know broccoli is really good for you, but what is what what I can handle? Like spinach, I can eat spinach like Popeye, and right. and I do. I eat it all the time because it's so darn good for you, right? right. And and I, so I have spinach with everything, and I just have a lot of it. And then blueberries. Yep. If you're not doing blueberries, you got that, that's a superfood. That's one of the seven superfoods. You got to throw that in your diet. Yep. Yeah. 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 I I got this smoothie I do every morning, and it looks like um some kind of mud you pulled out of a swamp. Right on. It's not, it's a little thicker version of what you got there. <laughs> yeah. Now th th this gets thick, really thick. If I don't, if I don't put enough uh, juice in it enough, you know, just otherwise it can get like, it can get like a, uh, like a Dairy Queen blizzard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mine's like, it's like, mine's like a dark green, dark brown, like, yeah, sludge. Um, whatever. How's I'm still alive. I'm, it, How's it, it taste? Yours. Yeah. Does yours taste good? Well, it, it tastes, ah. Uh, I, you know, I make it, Peter, for its effect. Yeah, right on. <laughs> right, you just muscle um, it down, right? I, I, it's, you know, it's not awful, but it's like um, other people look at me and they're like, oh my God, you drink No, that I thing. get it. I'm the same way. You know what? If it's, if I know that it's good for me, it's going down. You yeah. know what I mean? It's going down. There's no hesitation. It may take me a while, but it's going down. So. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I love that spirit, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, since you are, you know, you're a fitness, what did you just swallow here? You swallowed another thing. What was that? What, what was it? I just, I, that was the last of my pills. What, my kind, what, do you what kind of pills are you taking? So there I take a, there's some things for my testosterone levels. Make sure my testosterone levels are in, are in balance. I take a, a B12. I take a, a, a vitamin D and I take a, um, some zinc. What do you take for your testosterone? Um, I think it's just called, I think it's just called, you want me to grab it and tell you? It's, it's called just curious. Test, test Boost. T-E-S-T, T-E-S-T, Boost. Huh. Yeah, okay. I literally, that, and that's one, I get people that send me stuff all the time, and that's yeah. one that I just, that I did, this, this doctor swears by, and uh, I've just tried it, literally I've been on it for a week. Huh. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, being in the industry, people are always trying to bounce stuff off me, and I tell them, Hey, look, careful what you wish for. I'm a tough critic because I've been, I've been on supplements and, and working out for my whole life, right? right. So, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy that I get on a scale every day and every day I weigh myself. And for me, my fighter weight is like 178 to 182. That's, that's my range, right? right? And if I get below 178, I, I, I purposely eat a little bit more. And if I get above 182, I, I just pull it back a little bit. And people say, Peter, you're neurotic. And I said, it's got nothing to do with being neurotic. It's called right. being accountable, you know, holding yourself accountable to a high standard, period. 
So. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I mean, I, I'm going to show you my wrist here. This is an audio program, but but I have a Fitbit um, uh, for my steps. Yeah. And then I got this. I got this other thing called a, a Whoop. Okay. You know about the Whoop? No. I, oh, I mean, dude, you gotta get, I don't do it. I don't do oh, it. Oh, you got to get a Whoop train. Really? So, yeah, yeah. It's all about. So my problem with when I train or exercise is I overtrain. So I overstress myself, and I don't know. I don't hit the curve quite right. Like I get a little too rambunctious. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the whoop measures my recovery amount and it'll tell me it's like, it has something to do with like the space between your heart rate, not your resting heart rate. It's okay. Um, they, they use it, it athletes train with it, but um, no yeah. way. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. And, and for me, so I don't know what you're training. You told me about your hike today with a, with a 30 pound weight on, which to me sounds perfect. That sounds like a great workout. So yeah, at, at, at 8,000 feet, that'll touch you out. Especially in elevation, that's legit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll wear you out. I, I know when I was playing racquetball in high altitudes, number one, the racquetball was much faster because it got harder. Oh, okay? yeah. Right. But also the altitude, I would, I would purposely fly in a couple of days early just to get acclimated to it because I would be completely sucking wind. Oh, my God, yeah. Of, as opposed to some of the people that are, that are, that are playing in mountain areas. Yeah, I got my, my best friend lives here and the only it, like when I ski, I'm in I'm in better shape than he is, but he lives here, right? His his house is like at eight thousand feet. And we go skiing at nine thousand feet. I live at sea level and we come here and he just destroys me. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I can't get the oxygen. Yeah. It's so good for you though, right? When you don't when you're doing your skiing, think about how 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 much your heart rate is going. It's you're working twice as hard as he is, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's really a great workout. I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about because when I ski, I literally, I'm taking breaks all the time and I'm literally resting on my ski poles. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the locals are like, you know, come on, buddy, get with it. I know it, for real. That's so funny, but it's yeah. true. I, I can relate to it. So tell me about, um, so I'm, I'm basically stuck in a condo now. So I'm, I'm a gym rat. I can't go to the gym, right? I've got like this 30 pound weight. And I got a couple of suitcases that I put like heavy stuff in so I can do something with. What, yeah. What should people be doing? Well, you know what? I just, I just did a drop on my Instagram the other day regarding this. And I, and I think it's important. And I'm just going to assume that everyone else is, is like how we are in Miami right now. How we are in Miami right now, every gym is closed. The yeah. only things that are open in our, in our area is um, grocery stores and hospitals and pharmacies and banks. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Everything else is closed. And if it, anything that's going on in the food service business, it's all takeout. Okay. Yep. So you're in your, you're in your pad. So the mindset that I have is we don't know how long this is going to go, but let's just say that we've got another 45 days ahead of us before we can, before the gyms open. Okay. Right. So it's all about maintaining what we have. Forget about, um, you know, adding or, or enhancing where you are at, a, at, at your fitness level but just maintaining. And I tell people, look, if you're inside your apartment, like I am, you pull back on your carbs because you're not burning it. Okay. I've watched more Netflix movies and documentaries in the last three weeks, right? You're sitting on your ass and you're just not burning the calories. And because you can't, they don't watch it. You know, it's, it's the social distances, all the parks are closed. You have no choice. So I, I do a workout here. I do some elevated push-ups. I do some, some dips using a chair. I do some air squats. I do some lunges. Um, 
you know, and that, that's, that's about what I do. And then I, and then I run, I, I live on the 41st floor of, of my condo. I do the steps. And when I do the steps, I, when I going down, everything's really slow and, and intentional. Okay. So I tell people it's not a race. When you're going down, you're going to feel on the front of your quads. And, and I tell them, take a couple of like, like 16 ounce soda bottles, which are probably three or four pounds. But, you know, and, and I, and I showed on my video, I'm just, you know, the motion of the arms coming up every stride. And when you're making that step, you're firing your glutes and you're firing your quads, right? You do that 41 flights down, down is a, is a hell of a lot easier than coming up. And, but then when you're coming up, that's the moment of truth, right? Cause now you're going to be gassed by the time you get to the top. If you, if you go at it with the mindset of, I am not going to stop. Okay. I am not going to stop. I'm going to keep going because once you get in the habit of taking uh, uh, breaks, you know, you're going to take five breaks on the way up those 41 flights. Right. So just kind of muscle it up and commit mentally that you're going to be mentally tough because it's going to be over in 10 minutes on the flight up. Right. So 10 minutes, your pain is going to be done. You can suck anything up for 10 minutes. Right. So that's, that's my workout. And I do it every day. I do it every day. Now, the other thing that I watch is what I call habitual snacking, okay? Which people get in a, people get in a mindset every night, and, and I talk about it with me, it's chips and salsa, right? Chips and salsa for me, even though my chips are a little bit healthy and salsa is not bad for you, but three nights a week, I'm having chips and salsa. The other four nights, I'm able to fend it off, but three nights a week, I'm going there. So I try to watch myself and I say, look, don't get stuck in this habitual um, snacking routine um, because in 45 days, you're going to come out of this thing. You're going to be 10 pounds overweight. It's just not going to be fun. It's not going to end well for you. So just show some discipline and, and fight through it. I, I mean, I know that uh, it's just so much easier to gain weight than lose weight. I know. Right? It's not fair, right? It's not fair. Yeah. It really hurts losing weight. You got it. And, you know, abs, abs are made in the kitchen, right? Yeah. So I always say no abs, no body. So you got to, abs are made in the kitchen. You can do all the sit-ups. I get people all the time saying, hey, Peter, I'm, I'm on this kick. I do a thousand sit-ups a day. I listen to them. I say, that's awesome. But they're still carrying that, you know, five or 10 pounds of fun around their waist, right? right. Men tend yeah. to put it around their waistline. And I just say, look, you know, you're not going to, and because they'll tell me, if they want me to get real with them, I don't say, hey, look, you've got, you've got a tube. We got to take care of that. I don't, I don't go there. But if somebody says, hey, Peter, um, I, you know, I want, I need some help. And, and I'll say, so you want me to give it to your reel? And then I give it to a reel, right? I don't bullshit them. I say, look, here's what it's going to take. And here's where you're blowing it. You're blowing it in the kitchen, you know? So, right. you know, you may, you know how that works. I mean, you eat, you eat clean. You can, have a, you can have a salad seven nights a week, but if you're drowning it in dressing and, and killing it with the condiments, you know, you're still having a 1,500-calorie a salad. Uh, exactly. It's, um, and I, I, I find... Um, it's just, it's just like, we're in this like super weird time, right? Like, um, you know, just getting the right food into the house and how long does it stay there and what do we eat? And, yeah. you know, all that was like, I had that like really dialed in until three weeks ago. Right. And, and now, I'll bet, you know what, all of us though, I'll bet you do most of your shopping around the perimeter of the store though, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You got it. So, you know, grocery shopping for us is really easy because it's, you, you know, and it's not, you would never, it, you don't feel like you're dieting. It's just a lifestyle, right? So it's, it's just, you know, watching it. And, you know, I always tell people, because nobody likes the D word, but 
if you just watch your sugar, watch your flour, watch your sugar, watch your flour, and watch what you put in your mouth three hours before you go to bed, okay? Right. Just right. do that. Just do those three things. Now, what used to be when you'd say gluten-free, gluten used to be, gluten-free used to be a cardboard diet, right? It was horrible. But today, right. gluten-free, you'd never know. You'd never know. They've gotten so good at it, right? So gluten-free, plant-based, I mean, those, those uh, what, are, what are those plant-based burgers? I can't think of the name of them now. Uh, Beyond, uh, Beyond Meat. Right? Yeah, yeah. Man, had, are they I good? Last night. Are I they good or what? It was good, yeah. yeah. I know, and they're tw- like 20 grams of protein in these things, and they taste yeah. great. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my freezer is, is full of them. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name, but yeah, they're great. <laughs> they even, like, we were cooking them last night, and they kind of, they almost bleed. Like, I think they've got, like, they've got some beets in it, right? Yeah. So just like, like a regular burger looks like it's it good. Kind of, yeah, it's yeah. good. They, they they're had, so good. They dialed in. Yeah, they're so good, for sure. So um, you told me you're a single guy. I am. So I got divorced. I've been divorced for about five years now, and uh, yeah, so I'm probably one of the most eligible bachelors on the in the country, I would think. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just for me, you know, and, and it's it's funny. Some of my friends, they they because I literally I I I love. Um, being in a relationship. I really do. Right. I don't want to be a serial dater. Um, so I'm looking for, but you know, some guys are from the school of Peter, you know, you've, you've got a lot of dough, you've, you're single, you, you know, you've got all this, all these toys. Why, why the hell would you ever want to get married? Just, just date a bunch of women. Right. And that's just not my jam. Right. So I'm, I'm actively looking, I've hired a, I've hired a, a, a couple of, uh, of uh, um, dating services that that try to find high try to find girlfriends for high net worth guys you know because it's 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 more challenging than you might think believe it or not you know you want to you try to put yourself out there but you want to know are they are they seeing my heart are they looking at my wallet right so and and how old are you i'm sorry you're you're 58 yeah i just turned yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So no, and you know what? Most of the most of the women that 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 I that I've dated since I've been single has been probably from like thirty five to forty five, somewhere in there. You know, that's kind yeah. of my date range. But I keep myself in great shape. You know, I always say I'm fifty eight, just turned thirty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you look good too. No, I, I. You know what? I'm really. I. It's. I. But I've been in. Think about where I've where I've grown up. Right. I mean, I've been in the middle of the industry. You couldn't have put me any more in the bullseye of the industry for my entire career, right? So, right. I've been, I've, had, I li- I've lived a life of exercise, and proper hydration, and uh, you know, sleep and nutrition, and you know, I've done it all. I've done it all, and I've been, and I've, I, I used, I leveraged my my uh, athletic discipline in business, and I leveraged it in my in the kitchen. I've leveraged ever just like you. Right. We talked about this before we went on. Right. I mean, that the mental toughness that will serve you well in so many areas of your life. Um, you know, it's it's just di- discipline is a good thing. And it's so interesting. I, I've since since I've uh, I've stepped down as the CEO from Lift Brands a year ago, I've had the opportunity of meeting so many amazing uh, men and women. And a common thread that all these successful people have in common is d- discipline for one. But two, just that they're not afraid to fail, right? That because fear, uh, fear is a is a is a uh, dream killer, right? I mean, you've just you can't if you if you're not failing, you're not you're not trying, as we talked about, right? You're not trying hard enough. It's just it's part of the experience of becoming successful. 
And so it's, 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 you know, it's good. Yeah. So I had one guy, he, uh, he said to me, so, um, as we were talking about doing some other big project and he's like, so what if you fail? What are they going to do to you? <laughs> it's like, they're not going to put you in jail. They're not going to like whip you in a post. It's like, oh, you just fail or whatever. You do it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just, right. When you fail, you just, you, you have to take away the bits, you know, failing and just say, giving it all shucks. That's not the answer, but failing and really d- doing a deep dive as to why, where did you whiff? And then try not to repeat those mistakes and pick yourself up and, and charge forward again. I mean, for me, when I had my opportunity to turn around that failing gym, there, failing was not an option for me. Honestly, I had no plan B. So there was no, no place to turn. So I was, whether I was going to run this club myself, I, I mean, it, there was, failing was just not an option for me. I was so committed to it. And I, I was tenacious. So, um, you know about Alexander the Great? So yeah, heard of him, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's my he's my favorite like no plan B guy. So he's he's 18 years old, right? And he's yeah. he's he grew up in kind of a wealthy family, and so he decides, okay, we've got these like whatever 100,000 guys, we're gonna march across Asia and we're gonna kick butt. So um, he says to his his lieutenant, he says, I want you to sell all my property. And the guy says, but you might need that if you come back. He says, no, no. He says, there are two ways this is going to go. He says, the first way is we go out and I die. So I don't need the farm. He said, the second way, I rule the world. And then I also don't need the farm. Get rid of the farm. <laughs> hey, that's right? confidence. That's confidence, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't Alexander the Mild. He was Alexander the Great, right? Yeah. That is, uh, you know what, that's, that's great confidence. And, you know, when you think about it, it probably makes sense, right? Uh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you meditate? I try to. I suck at it, but I try to. You know, I just had a, a, a woman the other day send me a 15-minute um, meditation tape. Yeah. That is really good. Really good. Yeah. She did it yeah. just for me. It was the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Received. Yeah, yeah. So I just did it last night for the first time. So I've, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm a work in progress in that area. But I, I, I strongly yeah. believe in it. Do you do it? Uh, it took me about 10 years of trying and failing. Yeah. And then I kind of got it. And now it's like the most powerful thing I've ever done. Yeah. What's the secret? It's, well, it's the same. It's discipline. It's just, tena- it's just being tenacious, right? You just have to say, like, however long a period is, is it 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you just have to say to yourself, I'm not moving. I don't care what happens. I'm not moving. I'm just going to sit here. Um, and how do you clear your head? Well, uh, a lot of different ways. So when I started, um, it was guided meditation. I used, uh, used an app that was uh, Headspace. So I did that for like a year. Then yeah. it was like really helpful. So then I kind of got, got in the hang of it. And now I use this thing called Insight Timer. And it's just, um, it's a timer. It's, you know, I set it for 20 minutes and I have a gong. Because you can put gongs in an interval. So I put in like max amount of gongs. I love the gongs. Okay. The, the gong goes off like every two minutes. So it kind of like if I'm, my head's wandering around, the gong goes off and it reminds me like, oh no, dude, this is what you're doing. Concentrate yeah. your breath. Stop thinking right, about yeah. your phone call or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just do that. It's great. You can do it. You've, you've, it's the same discipline as working okay. out. Same thing. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing it. I always say I'm going to do it, but you know what? You're exactly right. There's enough people out there that say, Peter, they ask me the same thing. Do you meditate? And I go, no, not, not really. You know, do I have moments of pause? Well, of course I do. But do I actually sit down and meditate and try to quiet my mind and 
reflect, not enough. So I, I probably should try to throw that in my re regimen. Yeah, you're gonna like it, Peter. It's gonna, yeah. um, you'll, you'll, what'll happen is after a period of time, and I know this would be like six months or a year, you're going to notice that like your thinking is different and the way that you interact with people is different. There's gonna be this pause that it puts in, um, which right. I find like, it's fascinating. Kind of, it's, yeah, it's like a superpower, it's amazing. I, you know, I love that because I love meeting people and I love, I'm really intrigued by people and the behavior of people. I'm really intrigued by that, right? That when, and, and you know, the wilder, the, the kind of the crazier they are and the more eccentric they are, the more I'm intrigued about what makes them tick, right? And then, yeah. and then I too, when I have the, you know, when I meet somebody who's a complete monotone and they feel like you barely have a pulse, I want to know what's going on there too, what's going on in, in their noodle right? What's, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause everyone's got their stuff. I don't care who you are. And if you're not, if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you can't look at yourself and laugh a little bit and uh, you, you know, you're, you're kind of bullshitting yourself, right? Cause we all have our stuff, right? We all yeah. have our, and, and that's just life. And you know, and you got to find ways to kind of work through it and say, look, I'm, and you got to feel good. You got to love yourself before you can love others, all that fun stuff. You know, it's, it's all part of the yeah. journey. Yeah, somebody, uh, oh God, I just read this silly aphorism the other day about um, people, people who do really serious work don't take themselves that seriously, yeah. you know? And, I, and yeah. I sort of found that, like people who are like, they're, they're really dug into something, they're, they, you know, they're just like, well, I might be right, it might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know what? It's interesting that you, that you say that, David. I, here's an interesting perspective. When you... You know, when you have a lot of money and uh, money seems to draw money for some reason, okay? There's this fraternity, okay? Right. Uh, so money draws money. So I, I have a chance to meet some really interesting people since I've stepped down. And uh, I, it amazes me how some guys with money, it, it's their whole identity, okay? Right. It's their whole identity. And in some cases, they, they feel like it gives them a sense of entitlement to kind of behave erratically and condescending and kind of the shock factor. Like they don't, they kind of, it's like sitting down for dinner and having dessert first. You know, they always, they're always trying to, they say things that are, that are sometimes, you know, rude and condescending and, and, and they might say, Oh, that's just so-and-so that that's just who they are. It's, that's really not a great quality. And that's one of the things that I, that I really watch myself for. And I learned it from my father who was not a, not a rich man by any means, but he was a, he's a down to earth man's man. And I always say to this day, money doesn't make the man and never fall into that trap of when you become successful to have that define you. That that's not, and because if that's the case, you're always going to be chasing money and it'll never be, and it'll never bring you happiness. Now life is easier with it, but the, the peace comes through friendships and fellowship and loving yourself and, and, and really hanging with interesting people and giving back that whole philanthropic component. And there's so much of it out there that, and there's so much need that when you immerse yourself in that, I'll tell you what, your heart will be full to the brim on that. Right. Right. I think that's so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Peter, it's not about us. It's about how can we help other people? Yeah. How do you want to show up every day? How do you want to, right. how do you want to live? Right. And that's, right. A, that's such a, that's such a great perspective to, to just sit back and reflect on. I know with my kids, 
I'd ask him all the time, hey, look, how do you want to live? How do you want to show up? What do you want to be remembered for? And, and you know, it, and those are, that's, you can't just say, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. You got to really think about it, let it sink in and let it breathe a little bit before you blurt your answer out. Because there's a lot of meat on the bone there. Yeah, right on. So what are you looking, I mean, so you've had a lot of success. Um, yeah. You're 58, you're probably going to be alive for another 50 years. Look yeah. at you now, right? Yeah. So, so what's that, what's ahead for you? Well, I've, you know what, in all, in all honesty, um, it wasn't until probably five years ago that I realized that I was, had a fairly shallow existence. I was, I had spent the last 30 years chasing money. I liked the thought of being rich. And, um, so I went through all that, have, have the private jet and a yacht and a couple of homes, all that bullshit stuff. Right. And, and I still found myself, um, you know, alone and, uh, you know, just not, I wasn't fulfilled. So I did a lot of soul searching in the last five years and I've, and I've come to the place and I'm, you know, I've, I'm, 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 I'm a Christian and I've just asked for a lot of forgiveness for, and I've forgiven myself for just chasing that, the dollar. So for me, the next 50 years, a big cornerstone of who I am and what I'm going to be about is giving back and my philanthropy and, and it's quiet philanthropy. So, and I give, give you an example. Um, I love one, one day a week, I hop on my bike with my fade, with my beat up jeans and a t-shirt and, and I, I, I get cookies and cupcakes and bottled water and I pull this raggedy old trailer and I go on my bike and I go into the hood of Miami, right? And I, and I go to the homeless and I just roll up on them. They have no idea who I am or what I'm about, but I've been doing this for months now. Now these guys, they say, Hey, pistol. That's my, my nickname. Hey, pistol out here. And I'll pull, pull over. So I've made some great friends in the hood of Miami and it's, you know, I get some people say, Hey, Peter, you know, you're in this wellness space. Why aren't you bringing apples and oranges? And I said, okay, you know what? I'll buy a bag of apples and we'll see which goes first. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I think if I gave them apples, they'd probably throw them at me as I'm driving away. So I, you know, it's, I make friends and I really, I really love doing that. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to get onto the, some of these big charitable causes because I feel like they have enough funding. I like to do the quiet grassroots type stuff. Give, be right in with the people, make a difference if I can. We had a, we have a saying here. Um, uh, it's about, um, we say helping small age. So there's like helping big age is like, you know, the big stuff like, okay, uh, global warming or world famine or, you know, okay, we're going to do some kind of cause. But a lot of times what that comes down to be is like, Oh, a fundraiser or lend by name or something, but okay, that's great. You should do that. That's good. But why can't you just say like hi to the person in the elevator? Just like right. be like yeah. nice to people. Be nice. Just be nice, right? right. Like right. I I, okay. do, I do that too. I'm I'm like that. And maybe because I grew up in a small town and and uh, you know we knew our neighbors and went. My dad had this little grocery store and you know we were social. We were social people. I'm social today. I can't go up an elevator without talk. whoever's in the elevator with me. They're in my building. So essentially we're neighbors. Right. And right. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Right. And if they have a dog or for walking dog, you know, I'm just, I make, I make friends where I go. Right. It's, yeah. um, it's just a great way to live your life. Being kind is right. A hundred percent of the time. Period. See, I, I, exactly. I, I so agree with you. And I think that that idea of like just reaching out to somebody that you don't know, you see somebody in the elevator and you're just like, Hey man, I like your shoes. Okay. 
So that's that didn't do anything for you, but you just help that guy out. Like he right. just feels a little better about himself now. I mean, not right. that he, we don't know how he felt before. I mean, it felt great or worse, but it's like you've made a connection. You just say, hey, I care about you. I've noticed you like yeah, that. Right. that it, it's so great. small, but it's helping, right? Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's, it's so true. And, uh, and then just random acts of kindness, right? Yeah. Without, you know, just whether it's, whether, whether it's buying the person behind you's coffee or whatever, right? It's right. just cool yeah. stuff, right? And it feels great. I know it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it. You feel great. You feel great and they feel great. And then, you know, and some, it's funny and I, and I, I'm guilty of this. I don't know. I, I'm much better at giving than getting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Much better at giving than getting. I suck at getting. I, I you know, I kind of don't know what to say. That's kind of the old standard. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you. You know what I mean? I wish I could just do something more heartfelt. Right. Uh, but I, I'm rather be on the giving side of it. Outflowing is easier for me. We did a uh, we did an experiment on Facebook with this. Yeah, and yeah. So um, what we found is if you put something out there on Facebook and you say, "I've got this skill, I can help you with for free with whatever," okay, like two people will hit you back and be like, "Well, maybe you can help me out." But if you do the reverse, you say, "I have a problem. I need help with X, Y, Z." You get like 200 people. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because people don't like, people are afraid to ask for help, right? But they're really willing to, to give. Wow, they, that's beautiful. And I, think it's, I, I think it's really that, that, that kind of human thing that we really love feeling useful, right? Yeah. That's like the main thing. And it, we did a, we actually did a study, um, we did this big data study of people who are in ageist, and we found their greatest fear in life was not dying, it was, it was being useless, becoming irrelevant. Yeah, being insignificant. Uh, like that, that they don't matter, like nobody needs them. Like we all need to be needed in a way. Yeah, right. It's, you know what, it's true, we all, we all want love. I mean, we're meant to, we're meant to feel love. We are, we are, and that's how God made us. So it's, you know, it, it's interesting. It, it's all those things, you know, being kind, um, being kind, not, not just with kind with your words, but kind with your gestures and, and buying coffee or whatever it is, or, or giving away coffee and cupcakes, whatever it is you're doing, whatever your jam is, but doing it with the right intention is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, Peter, it's just, it's such a joy to speak with you. You just have oh, this, I, I just look at your smile. You have, I mean, it's audio program, but I'm looking at your smile. It's awesome. Yeah, no, hey, this is a, I love, I love this kind of thing. It's just two guys having a conversation. We could be in a coffee shop right now having this conversation. <laughs> it feels I mean? like, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It was, and it's, it's so you're, you're in Utah at 8,000 yeah. feet. Yeah, we had a so, snowstorm last night, man. There was yeah. like snow plows. Like my, no my so my, my wife is from North Georgia and we live in Los Angeles. And she, she wakes up this morning, she looks outside, she's like, it was like, for her, it was like a natural disaster. It's like, oh my God, have you looked outside? And like, I grew up in, I grew up near Buffalo. So it's like, yeah. It is yeah, you see, you're right. You, you, you know what snow is. I know, I know snow. Yeah, it's no big deal. And she's like, I've never seen as much snow in my life. So it, it snowed like two feet last night. Um, so yeah. but it's awesome. Like, So it's, what, uh, why did you leave LA and come there? Just to get away or what? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Pandemic. Um, so I lived in, uh, I live in downtown Los Angeles. I live in a, um, you know, like 180 unit condo building. Yeah. And I just realized the mental load of trying to stay safe in that environment yeah. was like 
unsustainable. Right. Um, and so I got a buddy here and he's like, hey, I know somebody. Um, so the condos here, the, they close the resort, right? So it's like everything's closed. There's nobody here. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Social distancing, like we, there's nobody around. Yeah, right. It's really and easy there. It's really easy and you can rent whatever you want because they know they're not going to rent it for ages. So, right. Um, and I got my buddy here and his wife runs uh, hospitals. So it was like, yeah, oh, sign beautiful. me up. Cool. Nice. So how yeah. long are you going to stay? Well, uh, you know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be back in LA in June. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, like everybody else, we're just kind of wait and see. Right, right. Now that, that's exactly right. So hopefully, hopefully the, this SBA program that they just approved the other day, hopefully that gets, they can, they can get that relief out sooner than later. Cause there's some, there's so many of these small businesses that are literally oh. hanging on by a thread. It's tough. You know, yeah. Right when this, well, I yes. have over 5,000 locations closed, doors closed. Yeah. 5,000. I mean, get your head around that. Yeah. Think of all those employees. Yeah. I mean, literally the trickle down, they're yeah. closed and they say, man, when are we going to open? You know, and it's not, and it's by, it's by no fault of theirs, right? It's right. like government, look, you're going to close. And you think about it, you've got the landlords and you say, shit, everybody's got to jump in the pool. So you got to be able to, you got to be able to go to your landlord and say, look, I have no cash flow, zero. Right. I can't, I can't bill my members because they don't have access to the club. That's wrong. Right. 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 And by the way, my members are going through the same shit show that I'm going through. So I don't care if it's 35 or $55 a month. They, they, they want that money. So I can't right. bill my members. So I need help from you. You got to go to your bank. If you've got a loan and say, look, I, I need help with my equipment loan here. It's I have no cash flow. Right. And some right. of these people, they have two or three months of, 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 of operating capital in the bank. And after that, you can stick a fork in them. Right. So yeah. it's, they've got to be able to, with this SBA program, which is what it's there for, give these people some relief. And, yeah. um, and, uh, so they can so they have the fighting chance to come out of it the other side. It's tough, you know. It's yeah. it's tough. I have a, I have a camp in Africa in the in the uh, in the Serengeti, a luxury camp. Eighty percent of our bookings have canceled. So we are just yeah. now going into our peak season. So right. think about that. That's money that's gone. It's not coming back, right? So yeah, eighty percent of our bookings are done. So we're just hoping that this gets lifted. And even if they lifted it tomorrow people are still not going to be hopping on readily hopping on planes and flying to the Serengeti. So it's that this year is, is a tough year for, for, for us and many, many like us. Yeah, I, uh, I know. Um, it's very, yeah. What do you do? I, I like, I don't like, how do you restart an economy? I'm, uh, this puzzles me. Yeah. You've got to sure be, every, everybody's just got to lean in. Everybody's got to lean forward and help. And, you know, yeah. just a little, little bit, you know, going out, ordering out, I don't care how you do it, but these people, they need cash and they need cash now because we, we know what it's like now without them. I mean, imagine if you had this mass exodus of a business across this country, just never reopening, it would be, we'd all feel it. it yeah. You know? And you can't, you can't go from the mentality, oh, it thins the herd, only the strong survive. That's, that's kind of a bullshit mentality, to be honest with you, because that's, this country's founded on, you know, entrepreneurs. I mean, you love, hear, you love hearing the story of the guy that put it all on the line 
I mean, do you want to hear the story of the guy who inherited a bunch of money and, and, uh, and he lives this fancy lifestyle? Or do you want the guy who started with nothing and he built an empire? That second story is so much more entertaining. And there's so much more grit and meat on the bone there for, for the, what that narrative can look and feel like. That's the American dream. And you can't kill the American dream. The pandemic, we can't allow the pandemic to kill the American dream. That would be, that would be a travesty. I don't think it will. I don't either. Because yeah, the yeah. American population, they're resilient, but it's just yeah. some of these people, they've worked so damn hard and to have it, to have it so hard, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. I hear you, man. Well, but we're going to get through it. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. There, there will be an end, right? We don't know when, but there will be an end. And That's exactly right. Yeah, no, it will be on the other side and it'll, you know, I think hopefully people learn something. I think it's amazing. I was just listening the other night on the news, just the broad range of how um, the, the, uh, the C-19 virus affects some and affects others. Some people have a sore throat, a, a little bit of a headache, and they lose their taste for food, right? Other people have this huge respiratory complication, which is, you know, one of the, one of the people described it as trying to breathe through a straw, which yeah. in itself would be, you know, really scary. That in, that in itself would send many people into a panic. And I know I, for one, if that feeling, that, short, that feeling of always being short of breath, that would wear you thin in a hurry. Yeah, I just, um, this morning I talked to uh, one of my buddies and he's a Wall Street gladiator. Um, his idea of a good time is um, climbing Denali. That's like what he does for fun, <laughs> right? And when he's not doing that, he's, he's, he does personal MMA. Like, yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. So he's he's a badass, and right. he got COVID, and he said um, it is no joke. Like really, yeah. He went through all the symptoms, and it's it's intense. Um, how how long did it take him to come to get it, and then come out the other side? He's not fully out. He's ten days in. So okay. the the bad respiratory, he it started getting his lungs, and then it stopped. But he had. He told me just a whole nightmarish slew of other things that happened with this. And wow. I, I think, um, you know, I said, how did you, what, how did you get this? And uh, he's, um, he's a statistician. So he knew this was going to happen like by middle January. And they started, he started taking precautions. Yeah. And he said that he was doing everything right. And he had dinner with some people at, you know, six feet away, social distancing. Um, this was about two or three weeks ago. Okay. And he said um, it wasn't enough. Somebody had one of somebody's kid had it asymptomatic, infected the parent. The parent was like a couple days infected, contagious, infected him, even with all the hand sanitizer and social distancing and all that stuff. Really? It's super contagious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Because you wonder with the hand sanitizer, unless somebody sneezes in your face, it's not airborne. So he must have, yeah, I mean, right? I think it's a little more airborne than we think. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. There's a reason the doctors wear the masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. yeah. um, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off, man. Hey, nice, nice chatting with you, David. Let's, uh, you know what? I'm available anytime you want to do this. I'm here. Oh, wonderful. It's so generous of you. It's really been a delight. Um, yeah, no, my, my pleasure chatting with you as well. It's good stuff. Thank you for your spirit, man. Oh, yeah. Yours as well. Take care and stay safe out there in Utah. Thank you so much, Peter. Have a great day. Yes, you too. Ciao. Bye now.
Well, that was really wonderful. I, uh, what a great conversation. I, I, the quote out of that is, money doesn't make the man. You know, how do you want to live? What do you want to be remembered for? So um, good lessons, especially in this time. Um, that's what we got going on outside. So, um, hey, next week we got, uh, we got Dick, Dr. Bill Dorfman with us, who's um, quite an amazing fellow, um, a superstar uh, dentist and um, very successful business guy. And um, just like the fittest 61-year-old you will ever see. I think he's coming up on the, the cover of Men's Health at 61. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that's about. We're going to find out about that. So thank you so much for being with us. If, if you like what you hear, please hit um, like on whatever platform you're on. Um, please subscribe to our channel. That really helps us. And... Thank you so much, as always, to Seize Apart for the great music that they provide to us every week. Everybody, stay safe. Um, try and, uh, you know, stay calm. Don't watch too much TV, um, of the news variety, that is, anyway. Um, I know I try to, the less I look at that, the better I feel. Uh, and we're just, um, we're going to kind of muddle our way through this. And we'll see you in a week. Have a great week out there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.